0: Hi, I'm Tony Buendis.
1: And I'm Charmaine Cady.
0: And welcome to Fantasy Footnotes.
1: A podcast for storytellers.
0: And just storytellers? Or just storytellers. Or people who pretend to be storytellers. Like us? Yeah. So what's on the menu today?
1: Uh, getting attached.
0: You mean murder? Well,
1: that's not where I was going to go. Murder most foul? Murder, just, just death.
0: Evisceration? Death. Stabby pointy bits? De- character death. Fine. Okay. I was trying to make it spicy, you know.
1: Da, da. It, can, it can be spicy, but it doesn't always have to be about murder.
0: Ah, so yes, character death
1: and its value to the story.
0: Yes, if it has value to the story,
1: it generally has some value to the story. Because if it doesn't,
0: then why do it? Then why do it? If you're going to murder a character, make sure you mean it. It's a good good advice. <laughs> We're talking about characters, right? Car- characters. Characters. Totally characters. talking about characters. characters. Not, not anything else that would be... Characters. Characters.
1: This is being recorded.
0: Right. It is being recorded. So, character death. I think you said it best. Don't get attached.
1: Don't get attached. Uh, That's true. Uh, because I'm sure that we have all had our own moments in books and literature and film... Where we have gotten really attached to a character, and then the author just plays whack a mole, and all of a sudden they're gone. Um,
0: George R.R. R. Martin, we know you're in New Mexico. We're right next door to you in Arizona.
1: Uh, yeah. Yeah, the the Red Wedding. The Red Wedding is a, a really great example. Ned Stark and, and all of the, the Game of Thrones deaths in Game of Thrones are um, a really great and timely example of uh, when you get attached to a group of characters and then the author just offs them
0: although it does create a bit of need uh, to to continue to read uh, to continue to focus to see whether or not who's next on the literal chopping block
1: that's true depending on on the author and how they're doing things, if you are reading an author and they are setting things up where it's quite evident that you don't dare get attached to anybody for fear that they might die, it does set up a completely different set of expectations than, say, Hickman and Weiss.
0: Oh, you had to bring up Hickman and Weiss, didn't you? I did. So for those who don't know, uh, or who know those two, two particular names in the fantasy world, uh, the the Dragonlance saga, uh, which was a beautiful and wonderful story that I read as a as a young teenager, and I cried my way through because of a certain character's death, and it's making me teary-eyed now. And why did you ring it up? Stop it. Because it's a great example. I yeah, uh, it's I think what made the death have value is that how much time and effort was put into that character, not just how they got rid of the character but what was put in to develop a relationship between yourself and the character between the reader the audience and the storyline making a character just a mustache villain is exactly that it it is it is a two-dimensional item of no value but when you have a three-dimensional living breathing character hero villain doesn't matter when they are removed from the story suddenly it hurts more than than you at first thought. Because it's a fictional character, but you've understood their habits, their associations. And when they killed off Tasselhoff Burfoot, I was uh, inconsolable.
1: I think we all were. Um, I, I read the same story growing up. And when that happened, it caught you completely unaware. And at that time, Hickman and Weiss, fantastic names in the industry, still are. They created the foundation for... They, they rebirthed fantasy, essentially, from, you know, I mean, it, it kind of faded off after, you know, Tolkien had done his thing and kind of faded into the, the woodwork. And then uh, Hickman and Weiss create this fantastic, you know, world of Dragonlance based in, in Dungeons and Dragons. And here you have all of these these kiddos, myself included at the time. Yes, I'm dating myself. Who have invested their own time and their own imagination and their own hearts and love and imagination in these fantastic books, and we we've each found something that we can relate to in these characters, and then to have one of them die.
0: Well, again, going back to with Game of Thrones, we we are we are given TV show or the the novels we are given a full full fledged ideal of what this person not this character what this person is what they represent and trying to do so you want to you want to kind of borrow that same instance when creating your own characters not only for the benefit of the story but when you have to remove them from the story their removal needs to have the desired effect in or not only just to to make your readers teary-eyed even 20 30 years later but you want to make sure that it again develops and pushes the story, and making sure that the death is meaningful. That was kind of the joke, with at least uh, amongst some folks, when it came to Game of Thrones. It's like, but we were more looking forward to who's going to get killed off next.
1: It did change. It did change the way things were viewed, because as, as you pointed out, yeah we we tend to be tended to be a little more cautious about our investments. As to whether or not we want to be invested in these these stories anymore because the characters are going to die but at the same point okay well i want to turn the page i want to go to the next chapter is this one actually going to survive so it changes the way that you look at things and at that point you can look at death and how you treat death in your world as you know maybe it's a little bit more commonplace Maybe, maybe it's something that, yeah, it happens, and we would love to be attached to these characters, but people die.
0: Yeah, death is a natural part of life. Unless, of course, you're a vampire, or a lich, or a ghost, or a zombie, or uh, a grave ghoul, or... Are you
1: going to just go through the entire litany from the... Well, there,
0: I could, um, but this is only supposed to be like a half an hour podcast. It is only
1: supposed to be half so, an hour. Yeah. So you should, you know, yeah.
0: Back yeah. It up a so little. theoretically, there, there, there should be life and death, and then sometimes an in between. Sometimes. Sometimes. And sometimes there is a beyond. A beyond. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh,
0: regardless, uh, the value of life and the value of death within your world, uh, how you define it in the settings, can drastically take over your writing because suddenly you go from wanting to okay I want this bad guy to die I want this this person to sacrifice themselves well if you create a world where death is taboo or death is required on the opposite side of the spectrum say so what required yes that death must happen because yeah. it's part of society suddenly you know it it changes things I mean what if what if you created a world where death is on a time limit uh, or rather, your life is on a proposed time limit that your hero is not only racing against the clock, but to trying to accomplish what needs to be done, but also uh, trying to do so before they die. You're
1: talking about Logan's Run.
0: Yeah, Logan's Run's a perfect example of of trying to get you know trying to get to the end, trying to do what needs to be done before your time is up.
1: Yeah, it's a really great example. There are um, a lot of really most of them tend to be. In science fiction
0: yeah,
1: uh, than in fantasy, but they do exist. So when you're creating your world, you really need to think about whether or not uh, death is static or whether death is something that's commonplace in your world. Are you dealing with something like, like what Anthony mentioned, you know, Logan's Run, where everybody lives until a specific birth date and then you're expected to hit the carousel, which is an end of life it's not really renewing but you know they duped everybody into thinking that you know or are we talking about the lottery oh, where, Jesus. which is you know a a horrific story but you know something that we i'm sure many of us read in high school or junior high when we're talking about you know these these ancient traditions that have just carried over tradition and, tradition, and you know maybe maybe Once a year, somebody's name gets pulled from a hat, and that's the person that has to die. So maybe it's not about sacrifice in that way. Maybe it's sacrifice because it's cultural-based. There's a couple of good examples from Star Trek
0: Oh, as well. Uh, Um, The uh, Half-Life with uh, David Ogden- David Ogden Stiers. Yeah, uh, the, the concept of that you're only allowed X amount of time and that it's part of your culture to die uh another one that had come up was Babylon 5 the uh the believer episode where the 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 child because the doctor decided to save the child's life through invasive surgery per the culture of the society the child had to die and it was a horrible episode but it was one that it was it was painful it was painful but it was culturally appropriate mm-hmm. for that was i mean you can't really slap on your values Onto an alien species because it is an alien species where its own, you know, thoughts, loves, dreams, myths, uh, histories, everything—all of that is in there, and it's not yours. It's not ours.
1: Exactly. So you know, when you're crafting this, it goes back to, back to the previous episode when we we're talking about writing stuff down and when you're creating continuity. You know, decide what does death mean in your world. Is it something that is rare and so when somebody gives their life for someone else it's it's something that should be this great huge heroic moment or is it something that's commonplace you know it's you're in the middle of a war and people just they they die
0: oh yeah going back to star trek the the episode was it apocalypse no what was armageddon armageddon now where the the war was hap was done by machines it was two computers and they decided how many people died and those people had to go into the death chamber, and essentially commit suicide because, yep. in order to preserve the infrastructure of the world, uh, and but still maintain a semblance of peace during war, it was it was brilliant and, and horrifying that people understood this particular mode of life. I mean, it was exceedingly horrifying because they were human, and with your human crew going down, it just it blew people's minds. Yeah,
1: yeah, the idea that it was no longer something that was accidental it was on purpose and you know if you're if much like the lottery if you if your name if your number comes up you have to report to the chamber that's it when we need x number of people that have to die because i have to report to the chamber because the the statistics indicate that this number of people would have died if if there had actually been an actual nuclear blast and so you have to think about when you're creating your world, and fantasy, magic, science fiction, all of it, it doesn't matter what world it is that you're creating, you have to think about, you know, is that going to factor in? And, you know, we talked about Armageddon and how they handle mass extinction, essentially, or mass murder, or mass death of any kind. There's a really great example, not just in Star Trek, but
0: in Star Wars, oh yes, the death of Alderaan. Oh. And they, so when we first saw the film, it doesn't matter what age where everyone sees it, but that that one instance in the film where the Death Star destroys Alderaan, and as viewers, we're like, oh wow, that's that was big. They destroyed an entire planet, and then we saw the ram- the, the the ramifications through Obi Wan. You know, millions of voices suddenly silenced. That was great back in 77 the problem was that was yes a planet was destroyed millions of people were lost but the the value of that death was not as hard as it could have been Mm -hmm. had we done something that could have been done with the prequels had they they explored characters and and going to all around itself in during the, the prequels if you would have done that that would have suddenly given huge amounts of value to to know that when that planet blew up who died who
1: died exactly
0: and the people that you may have connected with at that particular juncture suddenly that loss has a tremendous amount of value in when building up you know consequences and actions for characters in this case the destruction of an entire civilization well mind you it's been kind of covered in you know post you know the the post with canon credits not sorry uh, within comic books within the novels a lot of that stuff has been covered so there's a bit more value but in when it was first dropped out
1: but it was all done in hindsight
0: yeah it was things that you know when you're developing you know how much how much of a a cost was it to destroy a planet what did you know what was the long the long-running theme in that and it's something to look at when you're say committing I hate saying this when you're committing mass murder in your world yeah uh, whether through an apocalyptic event whether through a cataclysm through uh, natural disasters do the characters that died what is the value of it is it more to add to the background of the travesty that's happening or do you want it to have a, a deeper punch what if your main character came from a town that was ravaged by plague and they're the lone survivor or what if it's they were the you know the they were part of a community of of individuals who were peaceful that were never that never knew the the plight of war and then suddenly war came through and now you have in you know those who are still anti-war anti-violence and you have the other half of this those mm-hmm. survivors who were fervently wanting revenge
1: that's, that's that's very true i mean death using using death as, as a backdrop at that point uh, becomes a springboard you know, it can become a springboard for your stories. Um, you can wrap it into your history. You can put it as, again, part of your continuity and your inspiration for, you know, what what has happened because this all but cataclysmic event happened somewhere historically. And you have these, these, these are the the remnants of your society that have survived like they have here in Sanctum. Sanctum is a uh, as an as an example is a realm that th- these are the last survivors in the entire universe that they're aware of that we're aware of as far as we know we haven't changed this at all this is this is these are it this this world this realm this is all that survives after this huge cataclysmic universally cataclysmic event so you have to make that death meaningful so how how do your survivors react to that you know how do they handle their relationships with others in the wake of that realization
0: time to look at the stages of grief taking a look at that uh you know is it there's survivor's guilt is there uh is there anger there's a need for revenge is there just inconsolable sadness that people cannot shake
1: And one of the things to to keep in mind also when you're you're writing fiction, especially in fantasy, is that death doesn't have to be the answer.
0: Oh, no, there are fates far worse worse than than death. death.
1: You know, I mean, you know, Anthony was over here reciting the Monster Manual a moment ago for the undead. But, you know, curses and the undead and undeath in and of itself is certainly something that is quite prevalent in fantasy fiction and mythology as a whole.
0: The other thing, oh, kind of touching, oh, quick reverse, the, the difference when you're doing your settings and whatnot, uh, the, the concept Grimdark. Oh, yeah. Uh, when you go, when trying to ba- balance out the, the flavor, the atmosphere of the world, uh, Grimdark and Death go hand in hand, you know, it's, it's, it's depressing. Yeah, um, it's very, very depressing, but finding that balance between you know character development character death uh and that value of those character deaths sometimes you may not want to go that route and hence why you have fates that are far worse than far death.
1: worse than death exactly
0: curses being the, the idea hey you can live forever but wouldn't that
1: be great hey yeah let's live forever but i have to eat the people that i love
0: or you you continue to age at yeah. a regular rate.
1: Yeah, the Greek Greek mythology has some fantastic uh, some fantastic and joyful stories there about minor gods and goddesses that went to others to ask for wishes and say, Oh, but I love this mortal, but I don't want them to ever die. Okay, they won't ever die, but they won't remain young. So that'll be fun. They're That's a tree
0: now. Awful. <laughs>
1: or a cricket. Or they're locked in eternal slumber. And you can only
0: Look have, at
1: them. <laughs> yeah, or have interaction with them in their dreams. Isn't this great? No, it's awful. It's awful when you stop to think about it. So, you know, sure, you've got vampires in mythology and the undead who are, you know... Pit, cursed. Pit, pit, cursed.
0: They are cursed. So they are
1: cursed. Um, unless, you know, it's you, you're dealing with a plague of some kind that creates your vampires. Uh, oh, true. True. You yeah. know. Um, but... Is that, is that worse than being dead? Is it better than being alive? I mean, how do you want to treat that? There, there are worse things that you can do to a character than kill them off.
0: Yep. Murder isn't always the first option. Maybe no. the second or third option. But there are other, especially in the fantasy world, uh, the gods can be uh, fickle and dangerous things. They can decide other fates. Uh, versus individuals of great power, you know, bestowing curses or uh, like the the inability to sleep in one place, you know, for more than a day, you know, that, you know, at first it's fine. And after a couple of years, it's going to, you know,
1: it will. I mean, take take a look at some of the uh, of take a look at mythology, take a look at fables and fairy tales and look at some of the curses that exist that, that have been written about in, in, in the various cultures uh, across the world and look at some of the truly, truly horrific things that deities or demons or the Fae, gotta love the Fae, have done to humans that are worse than death. And yeah, you know, the, the I can't sleep in one place more than one night is, is terrifying if you think about it. I mean, you have eternity, but you can't sleep in the same place more than once.
0: Oh, well, even uh, a, a modern, not really modern, but within the last uh, 20, 30 years, I think it was 30 years, thinner Stephen King.
1: Oh, King. Yeah, yeah. and the
0: best part about that particular curse, uh, so you make a fat man thin. He starts losing weight day by day, day by day until he is rail thin. And he gets the curse removed, but the curse is not dispelled. Because once the curse was in play, it has to be in play.
1: It has to continue.
0: He has to give it to another. He
1: has to give it to somebody else.
0: And that is beyond beautiful when it comes to uh, fate, again, worse than death.
1: Yeah, there are examples in in a lot of short stories where someone, um, for example, can heal someone but they're not really healing them they're transferring the injury to themselves to themselves or to someone else so think about that when you're when you're dealing with with death and 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 all of its dire consequences is that what you want to do do you want to kill off the character which is, there's certainly nothing wrong with that. There's a lot that can be gained by killing off a character.
0: On the opposite side, you could lose your entire reader base by you, killing off a character. You, you could. You
1: could. Because keep that in mind. The reason that we write, granted, is for our own sanity and our own entertainment. But we also want to entertain you, the audience, and the readers. And if you have become invested... In characters and their relationships with one another, and I come along with my giant red pen and I write. And then they died. Rocks fall. They died. Rocks fall. They died. I I take a huge risk that you're going to say I'm not going to read this anymore. You close the book and you throw it across the room, and I've lost you. I don't want that to happen. I love you.
0: She's crying right now. I See am what crying. you did. See what you did. It's
1: very sad.
0: Yeah. So yeah, death inside your story is not. Death is not as easy as you think it is. It's not. You can't just go around murdering characters without consequences.
1: There are consequences.
0: And finding out and learning what those consequences are. I, I, if you, if you kill a character in a story, what if that character, well, not necessarily, let's, let's bring that back a second. Not when I say you, but uh, as in the writer, but when you're looking at the overall, what, what sort of key does that character represent? You know, what if killing that character causes a cascade of events, uh, much, much like World War Two, or no, World War One? Yeah, World War One. The Archduke Ferdinand.
1: Archduke Ferdinand.
0: His death set off, you know, set off World War One. What if, you know, it's something like that in your own novel, where the value of that death of a king, death of a noble, or de- even death of a commoner, has a domino effect. Yeah that could lead to so, lead to so much more lead to so many other consequences and it's kind of again good to map road these things out
1: yeah yeah look at look at the relationships between between your characters and determine whether or not you know, who's going to care if character a perishes uh, by character b's hand or by natural causes you know if character a perishes regardless of how they they pass on are other characters how are other characters going to react to that? Is it by natural causes versus the hand of another? Are we going to be now be initiating a revenge plot, a la Hamlet? Or
0: What if character A was beloved by character B and character B was secretly a traitor? Yeah. And then suddenly the character you cared so much for. Uh Shane and the Walking Dead.
1: Oh, that was By
0: hard. John, Ber- John Berthold's John yeah. Berthall's performance. Yeah, I, I couldn't watch. I, I've only seen the first season of The Walking Dead. I refused anything after that. I, I just can't. It just I, I realized after the first season where the monsters were. And the monsters weren't the zombies.
1: No, they were humans. And that is, again, when you're dealing with, with genre, that is one of the things you have to keep in mind is how is death handled? And in this case, you know, uh, death is surrounding you. You're surrounded by death and undeath and how do the characters deal with that? You know, Do they become heroes or do they become
0: villains? Do you, do you live long enough to yeah. be the villain?
1: Do you live long enough to be the villain? That's yeah. very
0: true. We should do a podcast on villains.
1: I think maybe we will.
0: Ah. Wink, wink, he said knowingly. <laughs> well, I think that's all we can talk about death. Or do we have more about death?
1: Uh, I don't know that we have a lot more uh, about death other than keep in mind that you don't always have to kill your characters off uh, if you decide to... Oh, I don't know. Uh, Throw them in the phantom zone. uh,
0: And then they can return. Possibly.
1: For a future episode.
0: Yeah. And so with that, uh, that's... Oh, I just realized something. What? It's February. Is it? It is. Oh. Therefore, this should have been about love and and adoration and, and stuff with hearts and whatnot.
1: Relationships? No, this is about murder. This is about death.
0: Yeah, murder. Death okay fine death happy valentine's day
1: happy valentine's day
0: this is tony fuentes
1: and this is charmaine Cating.
0: and once again we thank you for joining us on fantasy footnotes have a great day bye if we made you laugh think or smile please rate and leave us a review on your favorite podcast outlet Reviews help us stay in people's minds, especially when you're trying to create stories. If you want to help support the show, please take a look at the show's description below. Fantasy Footnotes is produced by Sandancer Publications, C.S. Kading and Tony Fuentes. This episode was produced, mixed, and edited by Tony Fuentes. Thank you for listening to Fantasy Footnotes.